Welcome to Spring Ridge Church Podcast. We hope that you will be blessed by the podcast today. If you would like to find out more information about our church, our website's www.springridgechurch.com. You can send an email to me, the pastor, Scott Phillips, at pastor at springridgechurch.com. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Prayer requests, questions, desire for a Bible study, or you would like some information how to attend our church or another church of like precious faith. Thank you. Enjoy the podcast. My name's Scott Phillips, and I come to you today, uh, the second part in this series discussing salvation in relationship to tradition. Uh, Last video, we talked about Jesus said, uh, he that believeth on me, in John chapter 7 and verse 38, Jesus said, he that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And the key here is our faith must be rooted in what the scripture says. There are a lot of people, they may not know, but the reason why they believe what they believe and they do what they do is not based upon the scriptures, but rather the particular tradition that has informed the denomination that they're a part of. And I want to appeal to your mind and your your spiritual curiosity to consider, to to meditate upon the, the idea you should study the Word of God and know that you have a biblical experience that is backed up by the teaching and and the example that is given to us in Scripture. Jesus said uh, that 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 we must believe on Him, as the Scripture says, if we are going to experience an overflowing spiritual reality. Uh, The scripture uh, tells us in Mark chapter 7 and verse 13, he confronted the Jews and he said to them that they had made the word of God of none effect because of their tradition. And so I think it's important for us, Jesus said, search the scriptures for in them you will find eternal life. And I think it's very important that when we are pursuing our faith, that our faith is built, is is founded upon the scriptures. In Acts 2 and verse 42, the Bible says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. It matters not what your tradition is, whether it be Catholic, Protestant, Reformed, Adventist, Mormon, Jehovah's Witness, uh, uh, Methodist, uh, Pentecostal, Church of Christ, all of the various denominations of that fall under the heading of Christianity. They are full of tradition. And tradition, when it is in conflict with Scripture, is an error and can lead you to false perceptions. And ultimately, your faith can be in vain if what you believe is in fact not true. And so it is along that line, I, I want to explore with you the reality that our faith and our desire must be rooted in a biblical foundation. Paul writing to the church in Ephesus, he makes the point that we individually and as a church are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. 
And what we must understand is he is speaking of the New Testament and the Old Testament. The Old Testament from Genesis to Malachi, that is the, that, that is the prophets. And that is the foundation, the, the reality in which Jesus Christ was born. And, and so Jesus is there on the end of the corner of the Old Testament. He's the cornerstone. And from Jesus came the apostles. And so the apostles and the prophets, Jesus is the cornerstone. And so the Old Testament led us to Christ, and the New Testament came from Christ. And what we must establish in our minds is when we talk about the church corporately and we as individuals, our faith and our Christian pursuit must rest upon the apostles. Many people don't understand that, that what they have been taught uh, is, is more informed and oftentimes completely informed by their tradition and actually not what the scripture actually says. And so we must, we, we, you got to study the Word of God for yourself. Uh, there's a lot of people tell you what's in the Bible, what they believe about the Bible, but if you try to find what they say, it's not in the Bible. Now here's a simple example. There is a saying that says, God will not put on you more than you can bear. And that sounds nice. It comforts people to some degree when they're going through difficult times. But that is not in the Bible. In fact, if you find the scripture from which that saying comes, you will find it does not teach that everything that we have on us comes from God. But that's just a small example. People believe all kinds of stuff about the Bible. They didn't read it in the Bible. They haven't discovered it in the Bible who's told them that didn't come from the Bible. A lot of times today, people believe what they've heard on the National Geographic. Uh, they believe what they've heard on the History Channel. They believe what they've seen in movies. They believe what they've seen in cartoons. And, and, and the challenge is, is a lot of times what people believe about God and believe about Christianity is wrong. How'd that happen? Because all of that that they've heard has come from things they've heard, uh, things they've seen, and things that they have uh, witnessed, but they are totally absent from the biblical record. And the scripture tells us, I'll say it again, Ephesians 2 and verse 20, uh, that we are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord. And so it is important for us that we must uh, uh, fully commit ourselves not to be traditional Christianities, Christians, not to be denominational Christians, not to even be non-denominational Christians, but that we would be biblical Christians that what we believe, what we preach, what we teach, how we lead people into salvation and living a Christian life is rooted and grounded on the foundation of the apostles and the prophet, Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. You know, I've had religious conversations with people and, and, and devout in their tradition, and I've had them tell me, well, what Jesus taught isn't for Christians today. Yes, I, I have heard that. <laughs> I've looked at them probably like you're looking at me right now. And 
Can you say that again? What Jesus taught is not for Christians today. And <laughs> I'm like, really? You really believe that? Oh, and fully believe that. I had one give me a book about it. And I've heard people say, well, what, what the apostles taught it isn't for us today. And, and again, I'm like, and, and what, why I bring this up is there's a lot of people that have been so thoroughly indoctrinated in their tradition that they don't even believe the book in which they carry around in their hand. You know, the challenge is a lot of people today that are very devout in their faith, much of what they have been taught, they have been taught to doubt what the Bible says. They don't believe many things the Scripture actually states emphatically. I'm not just talking about Old Testament. We understand many things of the Old Testament were fulfilled in Christ. We no longer sacrifice uh, uh, lambs for for our sins. We, we no longer offer various offerings uh, under the new covenant. Uh, we're, we're, not, we're not bound by the law. Uh, we understand the New Testament, uh, the, the, the fulfillment of the Sabbath. The Sabbath was a day of rest. God ordained it. It's part of the Ten Commandments. But we understand that when we receive the Spirit of the Lord, that is the Spirit of rest, where the, the weary find rest. When we are baptized with the Holy Spirit, that's the rest. That's the renewing. And I don't have to wait till the Sabbath or Saturday to rest. I can rest in the Spirit of God. I can be refreshed in the Spirit of God because I have received and I live in the Holy Spirit. And so it's so important for us to be challenged. That's what I'm trying to do today. I want to challenge you today. Do you know why you do what you do? And do you know whether you were saved following the pattern that is in fact in the Scripture? Or are you simply following the directions you were told by someone else and you assume it's in the scripture, but maybe you don't know. It's not scriptural. It's traditional. And I would suggest to you that we're not saved. God never intended for his church to be built upon uh, the Pope or Calvin or John Luther or uh, Charles Taze Russell or Joseph Smith. Or you just go down the list of all of these historical personalities in which churches and denominations are built upon. And there are uh, libraries of books full of their writings and their opinions and their doctrines and, and their visions and their dreams and all this stuff. And, and, and that people spend more time studying in their libraries about the Bible than they spend in the Bible. I test drove a car one day with a young man uh, that was selling it, and he attended a seminary. And I was talking to him as we were driving down the road, and, and I, I, he asked me, you know, what it, what we believe, uh, what's different from what he believes and what we believe. And I told him, I said, I said, really, the biggest difference is the our source material for our doctrines, our our approach to to doctrine. 
salvation or lifestyle is not based upon the books of, of historical personalities like John Calvin or Martin Luther or various others that came around 1,000, 1,500 years after the death of Jesus Christ because the church was intended to be built upon the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. And so the source that the church should be built upon is built upon the rock-solid foundation that is the Word of God. And I said, Here, here's the proof. I said, you go to a seminary. I would say to you, you spend more time reading the opinions and thoughts and doctrines and, and, and uh, teachings of your particular uh, holy man of your organization, John Calvin. You spend more time reading those historical books and all the various doctrinal controversies around their opinions than you do reading and studying the scripture. I'm, I, I'm, you know what his response was? He said, oh my goodness. He said, I was just telling my friends in class the other day, why can't we just read and study the Bible? Why do we have to spend so much time reading everything but the Bible? And I said, exactly. That's the distinction. Our source document and our founding personalities are not from the 1500s, the 1300s, the 1700s. Our, our personalities, if you will, the men whose writings and opinions and thoughts that we take are the prophets and the apostles and Jesus Christ. Everyone else is of at least secondary importance and maybe uh, many, many levels down in importance. And so it's important that when we consider salvation, what is the source material? Who are the leading voices that speak to our faith and cause us to believe what we believe? Because Jesus said, He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said. And I think that is the, the, the main point I want to press to you. Jesus said to Peter, He said, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It is no accident that on the day of Pentecost was fully come in Acts chapter 2, while Peter stood there with the rest of the apostles and all the other believers, when the question was asked, men and brethren, what shall we do? The first time after the, the ascension of Jesus Christ, someone asked, what do I need to do to be saved? It was Peter that stood up and stepped out and said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises unto you and to your children and to all them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. It was no accident that Peter was the one that preached because Jesus prophesied, I'm going to build my church upon, upon the rock. Peter's name, Jesus changed Peter's name from Simon, which means reed, to, to Peter, which means rock. It was upon the revelation of Peter and the, 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 the gifts and the things God had put in Peter as a disciple of Jesus Christ. It was Peter that stood up and preached and answered the first time people asked the question. 
And I would say to you, it's the reason why that you find Peter was there when the first Gentiles were brought into the kingdom. Acts chapter 10, a devout man, uh, respected by all, prayerful. Uh, the Lord sent an angel and said, send for Peter and he'll tell you what you need to do. It wasn't an accident that, that, that the, the heavenly angel told Cornelius, send for Peter. Peter preaches. He perceives that this, this, this New Testament isn't just a, a Jewish reality, but it's to all that are. Even though he preached in Acts 2, he saw it. And while he preached, the Holy Ghost baptism fell on them all, and they knew it was just like it happened. It was, it was the Holy Ghost because it happened to them just like it did in Acts chapter 2. And so Peter looks at the Jews with him and said, uh, they need to be baptized just like we were baptized because they got the Holy Ghost just like we did. And then Peter did what the angel told Cornelius that he would do. Peter will tell you what you need to do. Peter commanded them to be baptized in Jesus' name. They, they immersed them completely underwater in Jesus' name. And so it's very important that we recognize that many things that we hear concerning salvation, it's not rooted in the Scripture. It's rooted in tradition. You know, I think a, a lot of times the, the, the challenge is, is people try to discount everything in Scripture that is contrary to their tradition. They're so much invested in these historical personalities and these ancient documents that are new compared to the original. The church was to be built upon the foundation of the, of the prophets and the apostles, Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. That must be the beginning. We must not build upon uh, individuals Jesus never intended to, to provide formational doctrine when he gave it to his disciples. Jesus made the declaration in Matthew chapter 28. He told them, to teach them the things that he taught them. So he told them, go baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And, 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 and that which I've taught you, teach them, command them as I have commanded you. And so when Peter stood up and preached in Acts 2, and Philip went down to preach in Samaria in Acts 8, and Peter preached in Acts 10, we find there is a continuity that what the Apostle Paul, who came a little uh, later in the, 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 the development of the Christian church, he preached the same thing Peter preached. He led his believers in the same doctrinal experience that, that was a part of New Testament salvation. When, when Paul wrote to the Ephesians, it was in Ephesus where Paul went in Acts chapter 19. And he found certain believers that had not been baptized in Jesus' name. They had been baptized, but they had been baptized under John's baptism. And so he rebaptized them in the name of Jesus Christ. And he prayed for them that they might receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so there is no separation between what Peter preached and Paul preached when it comes to formational salvation experience. No doubt God used Paul to help the Jewish church to understand that the New Testament was no longer bound to Old Testament obligations. We find it written in the Hebrews, whether it was Luke or Paul that wrote it, they make it very clear that the Old Covenant 
uh, was superseded by the new covenant, that the old promises were superseded by the new promises, that, there, that, that, that the new covenant was a, was a better way. And, and we were not bound by many of the Old Testament requirements. They are fulfilled in Christ. But to be fulfilled in Christ, you must believe on Jesus as the Scripture says. And we must take our clues and our directions that bring us into unity and fellowship with Jesus Christ, not based upon our denominational raising, not simply based upon uh, Johnny come lately, as in John Calvin, 1,500 years uh, uh, A.D., uh, 1,500 years after Christ. We must take our clues and take our cues, take our marching orders, and take that which is absolute, what the apostles and the prophets taught. And ultimately, Jesus is what brings it all together. And so it's, this may be somewhat disconcerting if what you have experienced, for instance, Many people on this Sunday and last Sunday, they say they want to be saved. And they'll walk the aisle, sign a card, and they will repeat after me. They'll pray a prayer of confession. They will ask Jesus into their heart. And tradition says that's how you get saved. But nowhere in the New Testament do you ever find anyone ever suggesting that praying a prayer of asking Jesus into your heart is a mode, method, or message of salvation. Where that comes from is there are writings in the epistles, but the epistles were never written as a, a how-to book to sinners. The epistles, Romans through Revelations, are all letters written to the church, to Christian leaders. They were already saved. You don't discover how to be saved in letters written to people that were already saved. So how did these people get saved? Like the book of Ephesians. We know how they got saved because we can look at the book of Acts and it tells us they were rebaptized in the name of Jesus Christ and they received the Holy Ghost after they had faith. He laid hands on them and there was that miraculous experience that happened in Acts 10, happened in Acts 8, it happened in Acts 2. There is an undeniable supernatural sign that the church in the Bible knew that someone had experienced New Testament salvation. They knew, as Jesus told uh, Cor Cornelius in John chapter 3, a man must be born again of the water and of the Spirit or they cannot see or enter the kingdom of God. Got to be born again. Water and spirit. Jesus said it. Water and spirit. And everywhere the apostles went, Acts 2, Acts 8, Acts 10, Acts 19, and other places, they went forth baptizing in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And they expected people to receive the baptism of the Spirit. And there was that supernatural evidence that it had happened for them. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. It's powerful. And so many people, because they don't know about it, the tradition they have has supplemented the Scripture and for all intents and purposes cut out parts of the Scripture to say it's not for today, that doesn't happen anymore, or they say that what the Bible says happened actually didn't happen. And so people are taught to doubt the Word of God, to discount the Word of God. And so tradition is lifted up to this high, high pinnacle. It cannot be questioned. 
But if you are simply to study the scripture, you find that tradition is in direct contradiction to what the scripture plainly states. The church was built upon the foundation of the prophets and the apostles, Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. And so I would suggest to you that if there's any spiritual uh, uh, hunger in your heart, curiosity in your soul, I would say pick up your Bible and say, Lord, help me to know. And to pray, Lord God, I want to experience a biblical salvation, not simply what my denomination teaches, not simply what my tradition has 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 uh, told us, not simply because this is what Pastor Bob or Brother Bill or Sister Sally told me, but God, I want a scriptural experience that even in the book of Acts, they knew someone had received the Holy Ghost because it happened a certain way. They commanded them to be baptized in a specific way, in water, immersed in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin. Amen. Tradition. Tradition has at times merit and value, but the challenge today is oftentimes tradition has led people away from God, endowing His Word, rather than leading them to God and causing them to believe and obey His Word. And I would suggest to you today, if there was ever a time that Christians loved and valued and treasured the Word of God, while our culture is attacking everything that is good and godly, in, in Acts chapter 8, after Philip had preached the word, there was great joy. They believed what he preached. They, 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 they had accepted what he had preached. They still didn't have the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter 10, there's a good man, devout, prayerful man. But it wasn't enough to be good and prayerful and generous. An angel said, you need to send for Peter and do what Peter tells you to do. And that's what he did. And I would suggest to you that just as the good prayerful man in the book of Acts, in the book of Acts in chapter 19, I would say to you, it doesn't matter how good or prayerful you've been. Have you done what Peter preached in Acts 2? Have you experienced what Paul asked in Acts chapter 19? Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Have you been baptized, immersed in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins? Have you received the gift of the Holy Ghost that has a supernatural evidence that happens over and over again in the book of Acts and is taught on its proper use in the epistles? If you haven't yet, it's not too late. Don't worry about what other people do, what other people have experienced. The Lord has caused you to see this video because potentially you've been praying. The Lord's been dealing with you that there is something that you need that you don't have. God has more for you. And that more is encapsulated in that answer Peter gave in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. When he was asked, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's up to you to make preparations to make that happen. If you, ha if you don't know who can baptize you in Jesus' name, you don't know someone that can immerse you, you can reach out to, uh, to me, 
You can send me an email. Uh, you can contact us through our website. You can contact, uh, uh, and we'll help you no matter where you live in the world, no matter uh, where you find yourself today. We can help you uh, be able to obey the biblical command that is found in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. The biblical record is clear. And the sad thing today is all the thousands of people that will come to a point of decision with Christ, they will be given a prescription that is tradition, but it's not biblical, scriptural truth. And that's a travesty. But we, with your help, we're going to begin to be sure people hear a certain sound and that which was taught by Jesus to his apostles. We are teaching that to you because it was always intended that the church, the believer, would be built up on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. So thank you for tuning in. This is video number two of this series. And uh, the next video, we're going to kind of dive into the details of, of repentance, baptism, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost, the water baptism and the spirit baptism. I pray this was a blessing to you. Feel free to reach out to us and uh, uh, send us a message. If this blesses you, share this video. Help us get the word out. Because though tradition may have some merit, the word of God is the only thing that will stand when the world is ended.